are here in our beloved podcast booth. Dory Olmos, Abby Larico, we are here. And we we made it into the booth this year. Yes, that was we a made big it. goal for us. And we made it to the final episode of 2021. <sighs> what a year it's been. That's a good deep breath because yes. that's exactly what we're trying to do with this final episode of the year is just to take a moment to pause, kind of look at where we are, what we've been up to, all the things we have to be thankful for, in spite of all the things that might be making us <laughs> nervous. You know, it's a complicated yes. holiday season. Dory, how are you feeling? I'm feeling, I think, above all grateful. Yeah. <laughs> it's There's a lot to get through to get to that gratefulness, but bottom line, grateful for friends, for family, for loved ones who have helped us all get through this year. Yeah. Good, bad, the ugly, the good, you know, just... Yeah providing laughs and moments of relief when things are tough because things aren't always easy and things are getting tough again as far as the pandemic goes but just thankful for love in my life so we also have some help from our friends of the podcast sharing what's on their mind this season as well so much of this has to do with family one of my favorite memories as a kid for christmas was my uncle jay coming into town and then spending the night with us on Christmas Eve. He'd sleep on the couch. And when I got up in the morning, I would be like, did you see Santa? I think I did. I Now that you mentioned it, I think I woke up. But by the time I woke up fully, he was gone or something, that I, you know, something like that. And I just was always uh, amazed. Forget Santa. The coolest thing for me as a kid was that Uncle Jay was there to hang out with us. One of my favorite holiday memories uh, growing up and and until now um, is my mom's love of our stockings. She takes such pride in how she puts our stockings together, what she puts inside them. They're the biggest deal on Christmas morning. She loves finding things all year long for our stockings. Um, It's always the most fun part about Christmas morning in our house is everyone going through their stockings at once. And we, of course, do hearse as well as we've gotten older and gotten our own jobs and can pay for things ourselves. We started doing hearse stocking as well. And that's usually what um, our favorite part of, of the holidays is too, is just trying to be as good as her. Speaking of family, there is one person who called in to share some thoughts with us. She's not just a friend of the podcast, not just family of Mm -hmm. the podcast. I would say the mother of the podcast. My mama, Elena. (laughs) Elena almost called in and neither one of us has listened to her message in full yet. So let's go ahead and listen to what she had to say. My name is Elena Almost, and I am Dory Lynn's mother. I have some stories that every time I think of them, I kind of giggle to myself. Um, The first one has to do with Dory Lynn. Um, (laughs) Before we moved to the city, we lived in a house in South County, which had a finished, nice basement, but Dory Lynn was always afraid to go down the basement. I don't have a clue because... She should have grown up in the basement that I had grown up in. But <laughs> it was nicely uh, finished. It did have some walls that came about a foot and a half away from the foundation. <laughs> and also scary. under the seat, under the stairs, it had um, like a closet. So as a little girl, she was afraid to go down the basement by herself. So Santa's helper always thought it was 
a good place to hide it. kids, you know, especially in that closet under the stairs <laughs> or in that area that was between the foundation and the wall. It was um, a scary I used to corner. <laughs> Santa's helper used to hide all kinds of things underneath there. And to this day, I don't understand why she was so afraid of that basement <laughs> because it was finished. Um, was it finished? That, that one part was. The other part was not. So I wish everybody um, a Merry Christmas and a very wonderful New Year. Thank you. Bye. Merry Bye. Christmas, Elena. She was. It she called in. She was like, "Is it okay if I sign off saying I love you? I'm sorry if I do that." I'm like, "You can sign it off however you want." Oh, we love you too. <laughs> I love that. You know, love when we have some family mm-hmm. support of the podcast. Oh yes, and we've got a little bit more family support here. Um, um somebody who had probably one of my favorite moments on this podcast <laughs> during our call-in episode from 2019. Oh, God, He is back. Oh, God, Your Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob, the godfather. Let's listen to what he had to say. Beer. Beer comes top of mind. The different flavors of beer with my goddaughter and her future husband and plan for future family events. And in a lot of ways, settle it centered around beer and the flavor of beer and what's coming next and what we tried lately. (laughs) (laughs) Beer is always top of mind for Uncle Bob and I'm just going to say this. He is a fantastically easy godfather to buy Christmas gifts for. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So easy. I remember you saying he uh, enjoys sour beer, which I appreciate. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He's a big fan of all things beer. I mean, family is a big thing. It's a big recurring Mm -hmm. theme of these kind of conversations, but beer, drinks, Food in general, so many of these celebrations and memories and traditions that we've been talking about, thinking about, and you all have been sharing with us are centered around food as well. Yeah, so we've got an example from one of a viewer, one of our viewers, Jenna. She wrote that Christmas cookies, a little callback to our last episode, uh, Christmas, or two episodes ago now, she wrote that Christmas cookies are some of her favorite chocolate crinkle cookies, Mm. especially. She said, I remember my aunt would always make those for us back then. Well, let's say we grew to like it a lot. I see what you did there, Jenna. I mm-hmm. see what you did there. Yeah, we get a lot of feedback on like the holiday cookie and recipe stories we've worked on. We have one particular friend of the podcast whose post of his at-home cooking got a lot of attention, so he's sharing it with us here. Okay, Abby, I've got, uh, this is Mike Bush calling. I've got an appetizer that your guests will absolutely love, and it's just uh, an eggplant mi- mixture in puff pastry shells. So the first thing you need to do is just go to the goodies store, the frozen goodies store in your neighborhood grocery store and get some puff pastry shells by, I usually get Pepperidge Farm. Puff pastry shells, they're already ready. You can make your own shells if you want to, but it's just so much easier this way. So all you need are two uh, eggplants that you cut, about a pound total, that you cut into half-inch pieces. You need some salt. You need some marinara sauce. And I'm telling you, you can use canned marinara sauce, or you know, those jars. It won't make a difference because you're making this. Or you can use your homemade if you want. Fresh basil, Parmesan cheese, and some shredded mozzarella. So preheat the oven to 450 degrees. You get a large skillet, put some olive oil in there, um, and then add that eggplant, some salt, um, and really cook it until the eggplant is like golden and, and soft and brown, not too brown. It usually takes about 12 to 15 minutes. 
Um, then you remove it from the heat. You put in the marinara sauce, the basil, and a half and a quarter cup of Parmesan, and you mix that all up. You get out a little a tray where that you that you cook um, muffins in, you know, a little muffin tray, and you put these little Pepperidge Farm puff pup pastries in each each uh, little hole in the in the in the tray, and then you take your mixture and you put a little mixture in each of the puff pastries. Top it with a little uh, mozzarella and a little more Parmesan, and you put it in the oven. And 13 to 15 minutes later, it is absolutely delicious, and your guests will love it. And it just doesn't take any time at all. You can you can finish the whole thing in less than half an hour. And uh, enjoy. Merry Christmas. I've yet to try that, but I imagine it'd be pretty tasty. Yes. So thinking though back on the tasty things we've had to eat this year, Dory, we both came up with a list of some of the top five things that come to mind when we think of the best things we've had to eat this year. This year. Tell me about yours. So when I was looking back at my pictures to remind myself of all yep. the tasty things, <laughs> uh, there was a, a couple common themes with what I ended up choosing. So a lot of it had to do with atmosphere. Yep. And who I was with, not just about what I was eating. So a couple examples, salmon, fish, and chips that I had while watching whales in yeah. Depot Bay, Oregon. That was so cool. Another one that had a great view for a different reason was eating at Louis de Mun, having pasta there while staring at blues players Alexander Steen and Oscar Sundquist. That was the time that I barely missed you and I was looking at them and I was like, that looks like Steen, but he's got better teeth. And yep, <laughs> it figured was it him. out, solved the puzzle. Yep, and then a couple other just really tasty things. The combo sandwich at Songbird. Oh, it is just breakfast perfection. Love that sandwich. And then another little sandwich, ice cream sandwich creation that I made using two St. Louis favorites. The apple fritter from Donut Drive-In. Warm it up, slice it in half, put a scoop of clementines, Italian butter, cookie, ice cream in between. You got a lot of Instagram love for that one, I remember. Yes. Mm -hmm. So the absolute best thing I had, though, this year, I would say, was the drink and dessert that I had at Fountain on Locust. So got the Toblerone ice cream martini. So good. Had to slow myself down to drink on that one. But the uh, the Sunday Gambler I got was like a surprise Sunday that they put together for me. It was really good. They did an amazing job. But really what made that trip so special was that that was our first indoor dining mm. experience of mm-hmm. the year. Um, and it was just a way for us to, it was literally the day I was fully vaccinated. Like yep. declared fully vaccinated. So we went out, we got a martini and a Sunday and it was just. Got yourself ice cream. Got ourselves ice cream. And it was mm-hmm. just a very sweet little celebration. Isn't that fantastic? You yeah. know, it's funny. That's actually, I have very similar themes nice. to my list as well. And first I'll go, you know, in reverse order, I suppose. And mine was also the first meal that we could eat in person, which was um, the wild mushroom pizza at Scarlet's. And so Scarlet's Wine Bar, sitting kind of early on in like the window portion, just like the first venturing out, getting a delicious pizza, a glass of wine there. They always do such a good job. And then I think about the first time I was able to go visit some of my friends and family in Chicago that I hadn't seen in a long time. And we went to La Josie, which is a Michelin star Mexican restaurant in Chicago. And I got the mango ceviche, and that was just fantastic. Yeah, so it was like that was when the peak 
life's back to normal mode. You know what I mean? Yes. It was like right after being fully vaccinated and everything like that. And then the other big trip we took this year during the summertime when things were really feeling pretty good. Um, we went to Austin, Texas. I got the Matt's famous El Rancho Asadero Taco. It's a taco with ten beef tenderloin oh. in it. It's so delicious, and it's actually, in Texas Monthly, they named it one of the top 50 or 100 tacos you have to eat before you die. Oh. So I was like, I need to get on that list. So delicious. It was absolutely so good. Um, And then I also want to give a shout out to the Filipino breakfast um, at Fat and Calf that I had at when we were right before we were doing that interview with them. Just because it's really also fantastic to get to meet people in this community who are finding ways to grow during this pandemic. We had so many good stories of that where people were seizing new opportunities and man, they made a delicious Filipino breakfast and it was the first time I'd had one since losing mama and I cried and ate and laughed and it was just fantastic. So I really liked that. And I think, wait, is that my five? I wanted to give two quick shout outs though to the Thanksgiving turkey I helped make because first time. First time, that's a big deal. It was a big deal. And then also my future brother-in-law, I guess we would say, um, made a camp out meal that I saw, I was going through my pictures as well. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, I don't know if I've ever talked about this in the podcast. He um, roasted pork with peaches and figs in like a cast iron skillet in the fire, like in a campfire. What? Yes, and during a social distanced like gathering and he was cooking, it was fantastic. That sounds amazing. So that has to have a shout out as well. Love that. So much good stuff. So many good things to eat. I mean, you know, we love thinking about things we had to eat, taking pictures of the things we had to eat. We're thankful for our buddy Mike who took pictures and shared recipes with us. He gets a lot of interest, but so do our food stories just in general. And this year, 2021, we have quite a few stories to look back on. Yeah, so I went through and gathered up our top five. So I'll start with the biggest story that we had Mm -hmm. this year on KSDK.com. St. Louis restaurant wins world's best burger. So we this, talked about this story for so long. Yes, it was from High Point Drive-In. Um, huge story on our website. Um, and I think people are still going and trying to check out that burger. So that was number one. Number two is a St. Louis County donut shop being named Best in Missouri. Big shout out to the donut stop in my little hometown, Alime. Love they it. were named on that list. Number three, Open Table naming St. Louis restaurant among the best neighborhood gems. Shout out to Trattoria Marsala in Lindenwood Park. They made that list of 100 best in the country. And at number four, St. Louis County Restaurant makes list of best places to eat in 2021. And that was a list put together by Yelp. And Olive and Oak landed at number 50 on that list. I believe it. Great vibe. Love their new location if you haven't been yet. Yes. And then number five, top story on KSTK.com. Gulf Shores Restaurant opening a third location this fall. We talked to them. Mm -hmm. Great interview. Uh, The big news out there was that they were moving into St. Charles County. Yeah, Harry Parker was a great interview. Definitely encourage you to go listen to that episode if for some reason you missed that. Now, luckily, I'm I'm glad to see that our really big stories were good stories. I know we covered quite a bit of other stories. You know, the the closures Mm -hmm. and the changes and the location updates and things like that. I would say, Dory, another one of our big stories was this big quit, right? The staff shortage. That was just overall, not just in the food business, but in 
all of the world. And I think if we can try to see a silver lining in this, it's the reminder of the humanity side of hospitality and so many other industries we may have taken for granted before the pandemic. Happy holidays, everyone. My favorite Christmas memory is when I got out of retail for the first time and I was able to finally spend the holidays with my family and just enjoy the true meaning of Christmas uh, instead of working nonstop. So here I am four years later living the best life I could, just being able to get to spend time with my family for the holidays, get to go to every Christmas event, have Christmas morning uh, with my family and my brother and my sister-in-law's house. And now here I am getting to celebrate my first Christmas in my new house. Merry Christmas, everybody. So a big reminder there that sometimes it's those little things that make the biggest difference in our lives. Health and safety is still very much part of all of these conversations that we're having. A lot of people told us that their holidays are going on as planned, Mm -hmm. but some did say that they are adjusting. So we had one person, Lori, said, the virus has divided families between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. She said that was heartbreaking. I think we can all kind of relate to that Mm -hmm. in some way. And then Sheila wrote that they're not really adjusting, but they are only celebrating with their bubbles. She said they already got together with extended family and had a COVID outbreak. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. just making the changes that you have to. Just finding a way to adjust because you can adjust. We've learned so much about adjusting with family far away and as a way to honor the hard work and sacrifice that so many people are making right now. I am from Fort Lauderdale and I will be flying back home for the holiday and I'm super excited with our traditions uh, being Peruvian. We actually celebrate at midnight. So around 10 o'clock we eat dinner and at midnight we open presents and you know give all hugs and kisses and then we pretty much stay up all night partying. Definitely what's new this year and since COVID hit um, is just kind of new ways to celebrate the traditions we need to be safe. My mom and sister are both healthcare workers. Uh, my mom requires us to get tested every time now um, that we go home, especially now. Also, my grandma is 90 years old, and so we want to protect her even though um, you know, we are all uh, fully vaccinated and boosted, but I think testing is a big thing, and we just want to make sure we're having, you know, be having fun. We want to make sure we're being safe. So it's this year-end episode is, Dory, I think like a time capsule. I think it's kind of our way to look back on the year. Um, it's hard to say what the first episode of, I mean, we have some ideas. We we're do working, have a We're working ideas. on the episodes right now for 2022, but the biggest thing that I think that I want to bring it back to what you said at the beginning of the episode, which is just being thankful for the fact that you and I are sitting here in this booth, um, the loved ones we do get to spend this time with, the resilience of the restaurant community, Mm. the food community, the business community in general, just St. Louisans during this crazy, turbulent year that we've had. 2020 extended into 2021 in so many ways. going into 2022. Yeah, it has. But, you know, we are, as a podcast, we couldn't do this without not just listeners, but people willing to share their stories with us. And we've um, continued our goal in 2021 to tell honest stories, 
have truthful conversations. And there's so many wonderful things happening in the St. Louis food world that are truly worth celebrating. So however it looks for you to hold your loved ones close this year, we hope you enjoy it. And we are thankful for you choosing to spend some of your time with us. I'm thankful for you. I will add that. I'm thankful for you, Tori. Thank you so much. Well, as we say, Abby Eats St. Louis is a Five on Your Side production. I am Abby Larico. And I'm Dori Olmos. Special thanks to everyone who called in, including Casey Nolan, Miranda Bowen, Cassie Kibbins, Mike Bush, Bob Hoffman, Elena Olmos, Justina Cornell, Tucker Walker, everyone else who weighed in in messages and comments. We really appreciate it. We also still want to hear from you all as we continue working on the podcast through 2022. Any story ideas you have, any format ideas you have, the type of things you want to hear more of, less of that kind of thing. We really appreciate it. And we are so looking forward to getting back in your ears in early 2022. Keep an eye on our social media. We're at Abby Eat St. Louis. Email us anytime. Podcast at KSDK.com. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Be happy. Be safe. Be healthy. And seize the plate. Wrap. That's a wrap.